service. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey, discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about the notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace, Robbie Robertson, and that tattoo you got years ago that is a D-I-S-G-R-A-C-E disgrace, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more, and as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, discos, let's get into it. Okay, in this week's re-release of part one of the Notorious B.I.G. story, uh, listen, we're doing this um, you know, re-release here of the part, parts one and part two of B.I.G. because we're coming up where we're at, actually, I should say, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and we are also uh, in a little bit of a break here before we get into the next season of Disgraceland. And that entire season will be hip-hop focused. More on that later. It's not what you think, I promise you. Um, If you're on our email list, by the way, you already know what that is. So if you want to be in on the in stuff before it gets announced elsewhere, you can sign up for our emails. That's easy to do on our website, www.disgracelandpod.com. But back to this notorious B.I.G. story. In these episodes, we we talk about the guy who entered adulthood as a crack dealer and then left this world as one of the most famous hip-hop artists of all time, the notorious Biggie Smalls. Uh, he, There's no way around it. You got to say it. He altered the course of hip-hop with his debut album, Ready to Die. It's an album that was also a soundtrack of sorts for his highly publicized, super dangerous and unnecessary, if you ask me, beef between him and his one-time friend, fellow rapper Tupac Shakur. But that whole saga, it almost never happened. Uh, I'm not going to get into it too much here. Check out the episode for more details. But it, of course, got me thinking, what are some of the biggest musical beefs of all time? Biggie and Tupac, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, Roger Waters and David Gilmore, Liam and Noel Gallagher. What's There's got to be some old country uh, singer-songwriter beef, country Nashville musician beef going way back that I'm not aware of. But who do you got? All right, we've got episodes on all these guys. We've got two episodes on Big, two episodes on Pac, one episode on Big and Pac. Cover a bunch of Beatles angles in eight episodes, I believe, but we don't spend a lot of time on the beef between John and Paul. Our Pink Floyd episode is basically a Sid Barrett episode. doesn't really touch on David Gilmore and John Waters. I'm sorry, Roger Waters. <laughs> 
doesn't touch on John Waters at all. Uh, John Waters, that'd be a good Badlands episode, but I digress. Okay, so, uh, you know, in our Oasis episode, kind of predates the whole fraternal relationship dysfunction that we now have between the brothers Gallagher. So, stupid question of the week, what's the biggest, baddest, craziest musical beef in music history? Tough to argue with Biggie and Tupac, but put them aside. Is it John and Paul? Is it Liam and Noel? Is it Roger and David? Who is it? Who do you got? Call me, let me know, 617-906-6638. Or you can do so, you can let me know by text as well at that number, 617-906-6638. Speaking of which, let's get into your voicemails uh, right here, right now from last week. Hey, Jay. Um, it's uh, Juba and uh, it's 614. And um, I just wondered, where did you learn to write so well? Did you go to college or is this something that you just, you know, specialized in in school? As a writer myself, it just kind of comes naturally. But um, you're an amazing storyteller and an amazing writer. And um, I'm going to tell you, I wish your episodes were longer than like a half an hour because the, the stories are enthralling. So keep it up. Dude, you're going to have a job for a long, long time. Later. All right. Thank you, 614. Uh, to answer your question, I taught myself to write. I'm still teaching myself to write. Writing, I believe it's an everyday learning thing. Okay. It's like, it's like a, it's like singing. The more you use the muscle, the stronger it gets. And for me, I taught myself how to write for sure, especially how to write podcasts. Uh, but I'm constantly teaching myself how to write in different ways, in different mediums, to tell stories in different ways. Reading screenplays, I'm always doing that. I'm always writing other scripts for other projects. Uh, there, of course, was the book that I wrote, the anthology, the Disgraceland book. Uh, it, you know, that's helped me. It's all helped me to learn just doing it. The act of doing it is super helpful. Um, like anything else. Uh, I also learn from other writers. I research a lot of stuff, uh, read books and essays that other writers have written on writing interviews. They've given on the craft. Stephen King's book was really helpful. David Mamet has published a bunch on writing. Um, I've, I've read a bunch of interviews with Quentin Tarantino and a lot of his criticism on, on other films. Uh, that's helped. Robert Towns written some books. So uh, there's a lot out there and it's a con for me, it's a constant education. I didn't, I didn't study writing in any way in school beyond what they just teach you in the basics. I went to college to answer your question. I went to college, uh, but I majored in music industry and uh, in history. Uh, but that, that, that was, that was, that was enough, I guess. Learning how to write term papers in a lot of ways taught me how to write scripts. Um, it also taught me how to write songs and writing songs taught me how to tell stories. So it kind of worked out like that, if that makes any sense. Roundabout answer to a very uh, easy question of yours. I hope that helped. Let's, uh, let's check in with the 410. Hey, yo, here, Jake. Dude, this is Neil from the 410, aka 410 Needles. You can find me on the IGs, whatever the fuck. Look, bro, Armored. We got to talk about Armored, dude. That shit, man, I don't usually re-listen to podcasts, but I fucking have listened to each episode of Armored about six times. I annoy the fuck out of people in my recommendations for it, and I need another goddamn season, bro. It's been like two years. That shit is fucking amazing. 
Not that Disgrace Land isn't, but dude, armored. Oh my god, man. Yo. Keep doing that shit. Give me another season. Just please, please, bro. I know there's not too many like, you know, armed robbery stories out there or even unsolved shit, but God damn it! We got another season of armor! I'll be in touch with Audio Chuck. See if they approve. Peace. Yes, Needles, please contact Audio Chuck. Hit him up. Hit up Ashley Flowers. Hit her up on Instagram. Let him know you're looking for another season of Armored. I'm not saying I'd, I'd do it. I'm pretty busy, but I'd entertain it uh, if it was interesting enough. And for those of you who don't know what Neil here is talking about, Armored is a limited series I did in collaboration with Crime Junkies Ashley Flowers and Audio Chuck, her company Audio Chuck, on armored truck robberies. Um, not sure why they asked me to do it. Maybe because I'm from Boston and Boston's known for its armored truck <laughs> uh, robberies. Neil, if you need a fix, though, I might recommend the following armored heist movies to watch, which you've probably seen but are worth a rewatch. Uh, the Friends of Eddie Coyle, one of my favorite Boston crime movies of all time. The Town, Ben Affleck, John Hamm. Heavily inspired by the Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh, and of course, probably the greatest heist movie of all time, in my opinion anyways, Heat. Uh, so check those out to satiate your heist uh, jones that you got going on in lieu of any new Armored episodes. And if you want to hear Armored, that podcast is available everywhere. Um, all right, back to this podcast, though. Let's check in with the 314. Hi, Jake. This is Jessica from the 314, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, you, your podcast was actually the first podcast I ever listened to. Uh, I love it. I love it still. Um, I dove right in with the um, Big Lurch episode, so quite the start. <laughs> but I love the way you tell the stories. Um, your voice is great, too. But just um, the creative way that you and your team come together to write the stories. So it's not just giving us the facts, but actually, you know, telling a narrative, which is lovely. So I really appreciate that. Um, keep on keeping on. I love the show. All right. Take care. Hell yes, Jessica. Happy to hear Disgraceland turned you on to podcasts. Uh, thank you for the props. I appreciate you mentioning the team that works on the show. We've got, just so you guys know, um, we've got, you know, you only hear my voice on these episodes, on the scripted episodes, the full, the real episodes of Disgraceland. Uh, but we've got anywhere from five to 10 people working on any one episode of Disgraceland at a time. And believe me, we need them all to make these puppies hit the way that I want them to hit. So I'm going to use your praise, Jessica, as an opportunity to praise the team here at Double Elvis for all the smart, hard, and creative hustle that they're putting into making me sound good every week. So thanks to Double Elvis. Um, and so you know, Jessica, you might not know, but Double Elvis produces a lot of shows that I'm not a part of, that my voice is not a part of. I executive produce them, but uh, you might want to check out About a Girl. We've got a new show called Sound of Our Town, uh, hosted by Will Daly, which is kind of like a, a musical travelogue into different cities throughout America, you know, where to see the best bands, what music venues, what music history uh, makes up the those towns sound of our town check that out that's a new one that's in season right now and about a girl that's another one that you can check out uh, and some others too go to doubleelvis.fm and uh, that's where you'll get all the info all right uh i don't normally do this but it's worth it after jessica called in with that voicemail above she called right back with another it's uh super short and it's super interesting to say the least so i'm going to play that one real quick jessica from the 314 again i forgot to mention that um, 
I listen to your podcast while I'm at work, which is giving massages to people. Um, I'm also an esthetician, but obviously I can't listen when I'm doing facials. But, um, yeah, I listen kind of binge a bunch of my podcasts while I'm uh, rubbing people's bodies. <laughs> Have a great day. Damn, Jessica. Um, amazing to hear. Uh <laughs> Uh, a little weird. I'll be thinking about this the next time I get a massage. I didn't know that massage therapists listen to anything while they gave massages. I certainly didn't realize that when I was when I'm getting a massage. I'm not thinking. I mean, I'm not thinking about anything really. I'm just kind of zen out. So I guess it makes sense that uh, a massage therapist could have their earbuds in and be listening to something. The thought of you listening to Disgraceland though while massaging people is kind of hysterical. Uh, so thank you, Jessica. All right, let's move on. If you've been listening to these bonus episodes over the last few months, then you know that I haven't been able to shut up about Fiddler. Fiddler. I still have a hard time saying that instead of Fiddler. Uh, so here's a voicemail relative to that from the 804. Hey, Jake. My name is Ben, and I grew up in Los Angeles, um, and I went to Hamilton High School um, from 2004 to 2008. In my graduating class, was the band, the lead guitarist of Fiddler and his brother, younger brother, just a couple of years behind us. And I got to watch this band uh, or these guys kind of find their way. And um, one day, I think it was in the 10th grade, I was in um, piano class. So our high school was, Hamilton High School was, uh, had a music academy magnet that was, uh, a really amazing program and um, in my second level piano class sat next to me a transfer student by the name of Elvis Keane and I had to know Elvis um, and he is the lead singer or the lead guitarist for Fiddler and um, and I got to know Elvis and his brother pretty well uh, over the years. Elvis's dad uh, was also in a, in a punk rock band so that's where his, some of his influences came from um, but it was really wild to see after I graduated high school and, um, and kind of, didn't, you know, loosely keeping in touch with these people, all of a sudden this band Fiddler shows up. And uh, I knew Elvis was kind of associated with it, but I didn't know how big they were getting. I would travel, when I would be traveling, I would see um, his with Fiddler shirts. And then eventually when I moved to Richmond, Virginia um, in 2000 and 19 procession of Fiddler apparel and it just kept growing. I kept seeing it everywhere and everywhere. Um, so yeah, uh, Fiddler, awesome band, great, great guys. Uh, never got to see any of their shows live, unfortunately, but um, on YouTube. Amazing stuff, Dan. I'm totally jealous that you get to be in on the early days of, of this band, Fiddler. Uh, thanks for the backstory on Elvis. I knew that one of their dads was an old punk dude. I, uh, a while back, I saw that video that they did, uh, Wake Bake Skate for with the dude from Parks and Rec. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, and I think I was like, how'd they get that dude? And then, 
uh, the answer, I think, had something to do with one of their dads being in TSOL. So I kind of knew that, uh, but I love the story. I appreciate it nonetheless. If you run into those dudes, let them know that I won't shut up about them. Thanks, Dan. Stay in touch. Um, all right, guys. Great job on the voicemails. Keep them coming. 617-906-6638. Jessica's got me thinking. I want to know what you guys do for work when you listen to Disgraceland. For all you quiet quitters out there, I hate that term, but anyways, let me know what job you're not doing while listening to this show, 617-906-6638. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in just a minute with your text and your DMs. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Yes, 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 we are back. So let's dive into some DMs on X formerly known as Twitter, uh, where we can be reached at Disgraceland Pod. We still have the same branding at Disgraceland Pod. Uh, Jay Smith 360 hit me up saying that we should check out That Woman's Got Me Drinking, a song by Shane McGowan featuring Johnny Depp on guitar. Why? Because we just featured Johnny Depp over in our Badlands series, and Jay goes on to talk about Johnny playing with Oasis, which I didn't know that. Uh, but I did know that he played on one of those Ryan Adams records that I like a lot, uh, the one that Mike Viola produced. I think it's self-titled, just Ryan Adams. And I think I think that's the one Johnny Depp is on. I think. I think. Uh, Johnny Depp can play, man. He can act, but he can play guitar as well and drink wine, apparently, and pass out in hotel rooms before Hollywood vampires gigs. Rock and roll, baby! Adam Maglioni shouts out our Rick James episode and Rick's relationship with the band. Uh, this is on Twitter as well. He talks about the band up in Canada. And uh, this is in reference to Robbie Robertson's recent passing, which I got to say hurt. Uh, but I addressed this in our previous mini episode and on Instagram. If you want to hear my thoughts on Robbie's passing, you can get them there. Matt White on Twitter as well. Matt wants a kiss episode. Do you guys want a kiss episode? I'm not sure that I do. Uh, nor am I sure what the crime is to motor 
the story on Kiss. Uh, let me know what you guys know on Kiss. Maybe there's something there. Is there something there involving Detroit? Now, now that I just said motor, it's uh, Motor City. It's in my head. There's got to be something with Kiss. Let me know. Kiss heads, Kiss army, get at me. 617-906-6638. Where's the angle on the Kiss story, the Kiss episode that you guys want me to do? Let me know. All right, let's uh, let's get into some Facebook messages here as well. David Moon on Facebook writes, Hey, Jake, Moon Man from down under here. I'm a week or so behind, but feel I have to weigh in on the subject of greatest pop duet performances. It's possible I could be coming from a patriotic standpoint here and shouting out Australia, but I honestly think Where the Wild Roses Grow by Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue has to be in the conversation. It's a sinister, sexy, melancholic masterpiece of pop. I can't really think of a more surprising collaboration that breathed life into two seemingly disparate careers and the result is quite amazing anyways big fan love the skill and passion you and the team obviously have rocka rolla david great message i don't know this song but i love nick cave and i love kylie minogue so i should and i'm gonna go check this out and i will report back to you next week on my thoughts or maybe i'll just hit you up in the facebook app either way thanks for reaching out i appreciate it also on facebook aaron nicole writes hey jake my name is aaron from the 419 just discovered your podcast about a month ago love it listen to it all day at work aaron what do you do at work let me know uh aaron goes on to say listening to graham parsons the extra episode for an easygoing watch on netflix f is for family it's hilarious i don't know what that is aaron i don't know what f is for family is but i will look into that um all right let's do another one here this one from curtis gallopo on facebook who writes in to introduce himself, says, Curtis from Connecticut, uh, what makes me me is a variety, in order, my 11-year-old daughter, Sophia, my family, my various Fender guitars, ukulele, I just bought a steel guitar, I'm kind of scared to play because I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, mountain biking, I ride a Cannondale, and then unfortunately work. <laughs> Thank you for the fire podcast on both channels, some make me laugh, others teach me shit I did not know. Uh, Listen, Curtis, awesome. Awesome to hear from you, dude. Appreciate it. I love hearing what makes you guys, you guys, and I love getting to know you a little bit. 617-906-6638. You can leave a voicemail. You can send me a text or you can hit me up on Facebook like Curtis here or on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere and introduce yourselves, guys. All right, let's check in with, uh, let's do another Facebook one here. This one from Caleb Clark, who writes in, dude, the Ariana Grande episode was intense. Loved it. You were really skilled at capturing the imagination with your sound effects and music. Love it. Will you please do an episode on my favorite band, The Smashing Pumpkins? They have an intense backstory. I even have a pumpkins tattoo on my ass. Poor decision when I was 18. Still stands, though. Uh, thank you so much for your hard work. Love to listen. Thanks, Caleb. Um, yeah, man, I'd be down to do a Smashing Pumpkins episode. Again, back to the crime issue. What is it? They don't strike me as having any true crime in their backstory. Um, but yeah, I can relate to the shitty tattoo thing. I got one of my own. It's not a Smashing Pumpkins tattoo. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> but it is a tribal ankle tattoo. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good work. The tattoo's a good tattoo. It's just a fucking ankle tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> which seemed like a good idea back when I was 18 and I could not wait to get a tattoo. Um, but in retrospect, the placement and, you know, it's funny. We were watching my wife and I, when Portlandia came out, we were watching, I think it was the first episode. Um, 
And yeah, it's the first episode where they have that big set piece musical thing where they're talking about there's a song, The Dream of the 90s. <laughs> and my wife had a had a joke that the dream of the 90s was alive on my ankle in the form of a tribal tattoo. And we still reference it. Uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that. Not that interesting. But hey, thought I'd share. Okay. All right. You know how to share with me. Hit me up at Disgraceland Pod on Facebook, on Twitter. I want to know what your shitty tattoos are. Let me know. What tattoos do you have that you regret? At Disgraceland Pod 617-906-6638. Let's do some texts. From the 330, hey, Jake, David here from the 330. I would like to suggest the idea of a musical generation series that would examine the children of musical icons you feature. I would love a follow-up to Hank Williams. That's about Hank 2 and 3. John Bonham's son, Jason, Danny Harrison, Sean, and Julian Lennon, Johnny Cash's son and daughter, and so on. Huge influence from the parents, adding their voice and molding it to play in their moment, and how these children carry the torch. There are a lot of very interesting layers to this, and I think it's got a lot of legs. Could really grow into something. Thanks for all you do. Love the shows and the amazing craft and care you bring to each episode. Cheers from all of us in the 330. Thanks, 330. Uh, Appreciate the craft and care that you brought to that message. Great idea. Don't know that I can take on another series right now, but perhaps there's some way, there's something here. Feels like there's something here, something to get into. Um, Appreciate it. I'm going to think about it. And maybe I'll have some news. I don't know. Maybe something will pop. Who knows, 330. From the 951, my two cents about the Lizzo drama. Hey, Jake, I'm a, okay, hold on. The Lizzo drama, for those who missed uh, the bonus, the excuse me, for those who missed the uh, mini episode this week, the Lizzo drama has to do with the allegations by Lizzo's team, some of her dancers alleging that Lizzo sexually harassed them at a strip club in Amsterdam, or I should say a sex show in Amsterdam. And uh, there are some other allegations that, Uh, from her team that Lizzo was body shaming them, uh, which is the height of all irony. It makes no sense. So anyways, we get this text here uh, from the 951. My two cents about the Lizzo drama. Hey, Jake, I'm a seamstress in LA. Seamstress for the band. I added that. And I work for a designer who a few years back made some custom performance costumes for Lizzo. And they poured their heart and souls into making these beautiful, well-made costumes for Lizzo just to have been completely shit on by her and her team. (laughs) Damn. All right. Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of this. Because it's, uh, you know, it's all alleged. But anyways, uh, what do you guys think of this Lizzo thing? Let me know. 617-906-6638. This story's nuts. I want to hear from you guys, your thoughts on it. The irony is just too rich. Uh, Let's do a couple more texts here. Last week, we were talking about what are you listening to after work when you're cracking a beer? It's a specific ritual. You know what I mean? I really... I really fucking enjoy it. <laughs> I have my whole life. I'm sure you guys do as well. Post-work crack of brew cuts from the 530. Says Guns and Roses, Paradise City, Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, The Doors, LA Woman, John Party, Heartache Medication. All right, John Party. Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart, just to name a few. Great list, 530. Love it. What are you guys listening to at the end of the day? Let me know. Let's see a couple more here. 
509 writes in, hey, Jake, greetings from Jill of the 509. I've been a Disgraceland and Badlands listener since their first episodes. As requested, here are some pop rock duets, but I decided to shout out three from the 80s. You Get the Look by Prince and Sheena Easton. I Knew You Were Waiting by George Michael and Aretha Franklin. And my personal fave, Good Times by NXS and Jimmy Barnes, which was on the Lost Boys soundtrack. I vaguely remember that. I got to go back and listen to the Lost Boys soundtrack. I listen to all these. I don't remember the George Michael and Aretha Franklin. I mean, I, I know I know they duetted. I just don't remember that tune. And of course, I remember the Prince and the Sheena Easton one. Great, great, great Rex here, 509, sending me back to the 80s, which is always a welcome thing to do. All right. I'm kind of, you know, half reading these texts here while I'm talking to you guys. Let's do one more here. 978 writes in, hey, Jake, this is Jack from Somerville. You were asking about best songs to unwind to, and I wanted to say you can't do better than that smooth jazz fusion cheese that is Hey 19 by Steely Dan. Bonus points if you're mixing a drink while you got it on. All right, good talk. See you out there. Uh, yeah, I hear this. Hey 19, I like Hey 19. I, I like Steely Dan now. Well, I can't believe I just said that publicly, uh, but I do. Uh, but if I'm going to put a, one Steely Dan track on to unwind to, it's going to be Dirty Work in the number one slot and uh, My Old School in the number two slot. Uh, there you go. An informed opinion from yours truly on Steely Dan. You never thought it would happen. Neither did I. All right. Um... Yeah, you know the number, 617-906-6638. Hit me with your text. Hit me with your voicemails. Hit me at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and I shall get back to you, perhaps even in one of these episodes. Going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with your recommendations shortly. All right, all right, all right. The recommendations part. This is the recommendations part, the part where we recommend the things that need recommending, the recommendations part. What I've been listening to. So Robbie Robertson died and it was sad. But in these instances, I try to remember that, yes, of course, it is a bummer when anyone dies. But this isn't like Prince dying or Tom Petty. I mean, they, those guys were older, but they definitely died too soon. And they did not live their full lives. Robbie Robertson was not young and Robbie Robertson did live a full life, a great life. Not the Prince and Tom Petty did not, but again, different circumstance. Robbie Robertson lived out his life as one of the greatest rock and roll lives a person can live. So I'm not that sad. Uh, it's not like I knew the guy, but I was sad and a little sad. And I think my sadness, I was thinking about it. Where does it come from? You know, um, and I think it comes from the emotion in the music of the band. And of course, Robbie Robertson dies. You're on Instagram. You start to hear a bunch of their songs. You start listening to their stuff on purpose. Um, you know, these songs, Across the Great Divide, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, these songs are steeped in deep, deep, resonant emotion. And set to the death of one of their songwriters can make it, you know, can make a guy tear up. I almost did, but I didn't. Um, like I said, I didn't know Robbie Robertson, and I'm sure most of you did not either, but I'm also sure that, like me, a lot of you watched The Last Waltz an infinite amount of time, so there's a familiarity with Robbie that is intense. Uh, and when he died, I went back, and of course, I watched some of The Last Waltz after hearing about his death, and was no less emotionally walloped by it than I was when I saw it for the very first time. 
And that's because of the songs, his songs, the band's songs, and Robbie Robertson's playing, the earnestness of everyone in the band, not just Robbie. It's, it's just something to see. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I said a lot. Uh, you can hear it in the, in the, in the mini episode. And I, I, I said some stuff on Instagram as well. But, you know, Garth Hudson, incredibly, the only one left. Play on Garth. This is all a long way of me recommending you watch Robbie Robertson in The Last Waltz if you have not already for whatever reason. Maybe you're young. Maybe you've never heard of it. Maybe you don't like the band for some reason. Check out The Last Waltz, whatever. Whatever your reason for not watching it. That is fine. Just watch it. It's so fucking good. If you're into rock and roll, it's a must-see. If for no other reason than to just watch Robbie Robertson smoke. Eric Clapton, but that's another story. All right, what else am I listening to? Well, I'm listening to a uh, another musician featured in The Last Waltz, Muddy Waters, because one of our listeners, Robin Cave, uh, on Instagram hit me up. Robin put together this killer Muddy Waters playlist. Um, I haven't been able to stop listening to it. If you're interested in Muddy Waters, you're interested in the blues, uh, or in an artist who perhaps influenced Robbie Robertson, then go to Spotify and search Muddy for Jake. That's the name of the playlist, Muddy for Jake. It's great. Spans his whole career. It's got a bunch of mid-career stuff that I never even knew existed. It's fucking great. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate it. Um, All right. What are you guys listening to? What music-related content are you watching? 617-906-6638 to let me know. I'm going to take a quick break, drink some tea. Back after this. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, part one of the Notorious B.I.G. re-release is the latest episode of Disgraceland. That is in your feeds right now. Number two, over in the Badlands feed, we are rolling along with season eight and a brand new episode on Sigourney Weaver. Remember, you got to go to the Badlands feed and subscribe there to follow that show to get those episodes. Number three, next week in the Disgraceland feed, you guessed it, part two of the Notorious B.I.G., where we specifically get into his murder, a murder which 26 years later remains unsolved. But, you know, if you read between my lines, I'm pretty sure I cracked the case. Number four, my number is 617-906-6638. Call me on the telephone or text me right now. My moment of bliss, me reading you the phone book, from Brooklyn in honor of Biggie Smalls, circa 1939. Abramson, Sydney, 1110, Catanav, 2-5134. Abrams, Edna, 239 Ocean Ave, 2-3655. Abram, Jason, 1505 East 33rd, 7-6386. Abraman, Anna, 402 85th, 5-4065, Abramesco, Mrs. Noma, 1379 Coney Island Avenue, 8-1374, Abrami, Frank, 1950 East 21st, 5-9576, Abramco, Dominic, 5-7. Quit talking and start mixing.